Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to Ermia Matters, a podcast about higher education, risk management, and insurance. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I'm Julie Groves, the Director of Risk Services at Wake Forest University and the current Ermia president. I'm going to be your host for the today's episode of Ermia Matters, and we'll be discussing basic financial literacy for risk managers. I have an English degree, so this should be very helpful for me. Joining me today to talk about this are Miguel Delgado, the Chief Risk Officer at the University of Arizona, and Lisa Rolney, who is also at the University of Arizona, where she is the Senior Vice President for Business Affairs and the Chief Financial Officer. So welcome to you both. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Before we start, I thought I'd just get each of you to tell us a little bit about yourself. So Lisa, would you like to start? Sure. Thank you, Julie. It's great to meet you. I have been at the University of Arizona for almost 22 years. I started working here as an accountant in a very large research laboratory. I have worked on the academic side in the College of Education and the College of Engineering and in support unit roles in financial services prior to joining business affairs in this role over four years ago. I am a very proud wildcat. My children are wildcats. My husband's a wildcat. I can talk all day long about the incredible things that are happening here at the University of Arizona. Well, that's great. It's always fun to work for your alma mater, I think. So, and Miguel, tell us a little bit about you. You're currently an Ermia board member. And so thank you for all you do for Ermia. So what else is, what else is important for our listeners to know about you? Yeah. Hi, Julie. Thank you again for this opportunity. Yeah, I think most of you out there probably know me. I'm Miguel Delgado. I'm the university's chief risk officer. I've been in the current role for coming up on a year and a half, and I've been here at the University of Arizona for almost going on six years now. So I've loved every, not every moment, but most most moments since coming here. And it's really cool, to, cool thing to be able to do a, like a podcast with with your boss. I think I, you know, never imagined in, in a million years I would do a podcast to begin with, but doing one with your boss is a pretty special experience. So. Well, good. Well, hopefully it will reflect well on your annual performance evaluation that you did this podcast together and it all came out well. So, okay, so let's just jump right in. So first, let me ask you guys, how did this topic come about? I mean, why did you think it was important for people to know this? Lisa, was it because Miguel doesn't know anything about financial statements or why did you decide it was important? Julia, I'm sensing that all chief risk officers have a great sense of humor. Uh, (laughs) You and Miguel certainly are making me smile. No, I feel that every university employee needs to have a basic financial literacy. I really would appreciate the opportunity to share this type of information with anyone who works in higher education, because I think it's important to understand the drivers that support our mission. You know, what my boss, the president is fond of saying, no money, no mission. And the financial sustainability of the university is quite important to support our tripartite mission and instruction, research, and service. So Miguel, as risk managers, and Lisa, feel free to add into this, what are some of the key financial areas we should be available, we should be familiar with? Yeah, that's a really great question, Julie. You know, I think there's probably a, a number of them. I think it's important for risk managers, I think just overall to understand the financial health of their institution. You mentioned, you know, a understanding a balance sheet or financial statement and 
I don't know that most risk managers are probably going to ever reach a great level of proficiency with those documents, but I think it's worthwhile to be able to look at the financial statement. We have a comprehensive annual financial report. Did I get that right, Lisa? Mm -hmm. And I think it's about 60 pages long. So it's quite the document, but I think it's important to understand, you know, for insurance purposes, your assets. It's important to understand your net position. I think it's important that you understand how looking at the balance sheet can help you understand perhaps what types of insurance exposures you have, and then it prepares you to have those discussions with your carrier or your broker, whatever that relationship is. And so do you think it's important for a risk manager to really understand the way the general ledger is constructed and and all of that? Do you think it's important for them to get into that into the weeds like that? Or do you think it's enough for them just to understand the high level, how the university functions financially at a high level? I probably would go with more of the latter. I don't know if Lisa has a different opinion on that, but I think it's more that high level understanding, seeing the big picture, and then more importantly, understanding how your risk department can really understand and support you know, what the university is doing. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about the university's balance sheet, you know, I think you mentioned a couple things, Miguel, like what are some other important pieces of information a risk manager could glean from a university's financial statement or a balance sheet? Julie, I'm happy to jump in. Let's just talk about a financial statement is really focused on a reflection of the institutional's financial health and our operational performance over a fiscal year timeframe. So it's a snapshot in time. And I would not suggest that every risk manager or aspiring risk manager take the time to become an expert at reading financial statements, but there's a lot of really important information that's contained in our annual comprehensive financial report that would be valuable for a risk manager to know about. There's a section, so I think it's important to note that different institutions have financial statements that are different, that have different names. And at the University of Arizona, we're a public institution, so we are under GASB, the Government Accounting Standards Board. And we are required to have a transmittal letter and a management discussion and analysis section, which is in the front of the report. There's a lot of great information in those sections that talk about there's a summary of our financial position. There are year to year trends, a summary of initiatives that are started or completed during the fiscal year and a brief economic outlook. All of those things are things that I think would be helpful for risk managers to have basic understanding of. And then there are the details in the back of the, uh, of the financial report that in the notes section that talk about major construction projects. Those are things that, that risk managers certainly need to know about, you know, for insurance purposes. What are we planning in terms of capital projects? And then also in the back is a statistical section of the report that shows 10 years of historical trends. And I think that is an incredible opportunity to look at what's happening, what has happened in an institution. I think you get a more rich look at the financial health over a 10-year period than a a one-year period if you're just looking at that snapshot in time for one particular fiscal year. I do think it's important for anyone who works in finance, even if they don't directly deal with, you know, the financial statements, it's important for someone who works in accounts payable or maybe in procurement to, to understand, you know, the financial statement. I mean, here at Lake Forest, 
our finance department has about 75 people in it. Not all of those people deal with the financial statement, but our controller and ADP every year after our year in close has a pizza party for everyone in the department. A little bribery never hurts, but people come and she goes over the financial statement so that everyone can have, you know, at least a high level understanding of what's going on with the university, right? Because regardless of our university that we work at or whether we're public or private or what our positions are, you know, we all have the same goal, which is to help our university you know, function so that we can educate students. So, you know, I think financial literacy as far as the financial statements go is always really important. So, so what are some of the ways a risk manager can support the annual university audit? That's a great question, Julie. So government accounting standards require institutions to disclose information about risks in our financial statements, including the type of risks and how they're handled and whether settlements have exceeded insurance coverage and if the institution retains some risk. So it's really important that chief business officers and chief risk officers work together with our central finance offices to understand those requirements and ensure that our disclosures are accurate. And Miguel, you always review our self-insurance program footnote, which is in the back of the financial statement. Julie, you've mentioned that at different institutions, we have different processes. We're under different regulatory agencies. At the University of Arizona, our fiscal year ends on June 30th, and our auditor is the state auditor general. So that's who we report to. I know that at Wake Forest, you use KPMG, a public accounting firm. There's a multi-month process to complete the audit at every institution. And Miguel, maybe you can talk about how you've assisted with that process. Yeah, as far as that process goes, as Lisa mentioned, you know, being, being a state entity or public entity, we follow the same fiscal calendar that the state of Arizona follows. And then as, you know, there's obviously the hard date, you know, June 30th of every year when technically the fiscal year ends. But as Lisa mentioned, it's a multi-month process to close out the books. Some of the challenges there come with, you know, the timing of when insurance claims are paid, different pieces of that nature, as Lisa mentioned with the audit reports. Sometimes there are, you know, are risk and claim information that has to be included in that. So that's sort of where we would step in and assist with that process. And, you know, obviously, as folks are listening to this podcast, you know, whether you work at a public institution or a private institution, obviously, will kind of define how your role as a risk manager is what your role is. Because, you know, since I work at a private institution, a lot of the report, reporting requirements that Lisa and Miguel have at the University of Arizona, we do not have at Wake Forest. So, you know, but there are always ways that risk management can assist in, you know, in the audit. And there's all, there are always ways that we can help. It just may not be as public it may not be publicized as much as as you know someone at a public institution. So are there any other specific aspects of a university's financial health that would be helpful for risk managers to be aware of? That's a great question, Julie. I think that it's really important for a risk manager to understand the internal risks associated with university activities as well as external risks posed by economic, political, criminal threats. You know, higher education is an environment where schools are closing and merging. It's not really stable right now. You know, we've been through turbulent times because of the pandemic, and I believe that we have more turbulent times ahead. So it's always been important for 
CBOs and chief risk officers to, to partner. I think it's even more important now, as well as to have risk managers partner with campus colleagues so they can stay abreast of what's happening and new activities and the associated risks with those activities as well as partnering with colleagues in the field. You know, Miguel and Julie are talking often about what's happening so you can stay apprised of things that are coming down the pike. And I really encourage risk managers to continuously stay connected with professional organizations like Ermia and keep up with professional certification so you can bring information back to me and to other chief business officers, things that we need to know. Miguel, maybe you could tell us how you partner internally and externally. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, Lisa's answer was, I think, really perfect when we talk about the, you know, this landscape that it has been turbulent, right? It's definitely has been like a one of those airplane rides, you know, with lots of turbulence that you don't enjoy very much. But I think through, you know, through this environment, I feel like it's also been a blessing in disguise in terms of the fact that we've learned to adapt to change perhaps more effectively. If we ever needed to be reminded of the importance of being nimble as an organization, I think the pandemic, you know, definitely has showed us that. So I think to Lisa's point, you know, really being aware of those emerging risks which sometimes it's hard, you're trying to manage the risks right in front of you, but you're also trying to, you know, peek into the proverbial crystal ball and see if, you know, can we figure out what's coming next? So some of the ways that I try to stay connected, like Lisa mentioned, you know, Ermi is a great resource for sort of connecting on the national landscape. Nakubo, Wakubo, I think there's other little, other Ubos, or I don't know what you call them, other organizations out there that are part of Nakubo. There's plenty of publications that you can subscribe to, you know, the Chronicle of Higher Education. Some people are a fan, some really aren't. But regardless of what you think, you know, there was an article right at the top this morning that dealt with the budget challenges and the financial challenges. And I saw that and thought, I need to read this to sort of sort of understand some of the challenges that Lisa's facing and our chief budget officer are sort of dealing with right now. So that's some of the ways externally. Internally, I think it all comes down to really doing everything you can to build great networks. That's something that I try to set the example on my team in terms of reaching out to people on campus, perhaps in pockets of the university that we don't deal with frequently, and really trying to make those connections. And I'd like to tell people, I'm never trying to catch anybody doing anything wrong. That's never my intent. But if I learn of some activity, you know, none of us are omniscient or omnipresent. We can't be everywhere at once. You know, Lisa's pretty plugged into what's going on here, but she, you know, she can't know everything. So I think by building those relationships, it helps you sort of uncover areas where it's like, hey, you know, we want you to be able to do this, but we want, you know, risk management would like the opportunity to partner with you and help you do this safely and thoughtfully and in a way that's going to advance the mission of the university. Well, and to your earlier point and going back to your airplane analogy, I think we are not out of the turbulence yet. So we're not going to be able to... um we're going to have to leave our seatbelts fastened for a little while longer, I think. You know, and I think I would just say, too, to add to this financial discussion, one thing that is at least important from my standpoint, I'm sure you all would agree, but it's always also something that's a little tricky is how to budget for what you think your premiums are going to be the next year. Because, you know, the timing of that is always when we're working on budget versus when we find out what our premiums are going to be for the next year. There's always a big space of time between there and, you know, between those two things. And it is very tricky 
you know, to kind of look into the crystal ball and, and predict that. So I think another great resource to add is, you know, have, you know, get help from your broker, you know, as far as information goes, you know, because any kind of information we as a risk managers can provide that will help the budget people do a better job of, you know, making sure that the budget we have for funds is accurate will be really, everybody wins in that. So Lisa, what does someone in your role need from someone in Miguel's role? I mean, we've talked a lot about financial, you know, financial health and financial knowledge, but I mean, what are some of the things just, you know, and they don't have to necessarily be financial, but what are, what do people in your role need from risk managers? Julie, I think we talked a lot about how I need a partner. I mean, I, I really rely on Miguel to not just be passive, but to be proactive and to bring issues to my attention and to never be afraid that an issue might reflect poorly on him or his organization or our organization, that we'll always find a solution together. That even if there's a mistake, that to understand that I make mistakes too, we'll get through it and I'll provide the air cover that he and his department need to run through any challenge. I think that it, it's also really important. I asked Miguel to understand the intersection of plans that we have at the institution. You mentioned budget, Julian. You know, the financial statements again are a historical look. I think risk managers need to be looking to the future, as Miguel talked about. So a budget is a forecast. It's a plan. We look our budget has our enrollment expectations. It has research goals. We have a strategic plan. We have a capital plan. We have a master plan. We're working on a sustainability and climate action plan. I need Miguel to be plugged in to all of those processes and be an active participant in in creating the plans and making sure that thinking about the risks associated with those activities. So I really look at him as one of the key leaders within business affairs and for the institution. Great. Miguel, what would you say that people in positions like the one that Lisa has, what do they need to know about your role and about risk management? Yeah, great question. You know, I I think part of it comes back to what Lisa just mentioned. I think a good risk manager, you know, is aware of all of those various plans that that the university has in place. I guess a way to, to think of it is I want to align what our department is trying to do and where we are dedicating our resources. I very much much want that to align with the goals and plans that that Lisa is working to support through, you know, through her role, you know, here at the university. So I think that's a big part of it. I think the more the risk manager can understand that, it puts you in a much better position to to sort of think, you know, and I, I don't know how many other risk managers are going to listen to this and, you know, reporting structures vary. But one of the things I often struggle with is, you know, Lisa and I meet every other week for about 45 minutes. You know, Lisa's time is extremely valuable. That's probably a good way to put it. So I try to think in terms of return on time invested. She's making that time investment to give me 45 minutes. I don't want to waste that time talent. You're talking about things that, you know, are irrelevant or things that aren't going to help her. So that's sort of the way that that I try to think of it. I think it's helpful when you understand those large scale plans that are taking place at the university. One of our big initiatives right now that that our, our current president and senior VP for research is really pushing is we have a goal to reach $1 billion in research expenditures. You know, that puts you in a very, very elite group. I think last year there were 19 or 20 universities, at, you know, nationwide that had $1 billion plus in expenditure. So it's things like that. When you understand kind of the direction the university is trying to go, it helps you understand, you know, where your risk management efforts need to be directed. 
Well, Miguel, your comment about the different reporting structures it brings up a question that I had. I mean, obviously, you report up through finance. I report up through finance. But, you know, for those folks out there who are risk managers and they report up to through a different line, either through university police or legal or, you know, I mean, as we have seen from our surveys, risk managers report to a whole lot of different folks. If someone doesn't, if a risk manager doesn't fall within the finance line of reporting, it's still important for them to understand this information. So they probably can't make an appointment. I mean, maybe they can, but they probably can't make an appointment with their chief financial officer to ask these questions. So who do you all suggest people that don't report up through finance reach out to if they have questions about these topics? Julie, I would bet that most chief business officers would be thrilled to have an opportunity to chat with risk managers, regardless of the reporting line. But if they have trouble, because our schedules are a little nutty, because most chief business officers don't just have the traditional finance functions, we have risk management, capital planning, facilities, bookstores, student unions, parking and transportation, you name it. It's operations and finance. So if you can't get on the calendar, I would recommend connecting with your chief budget officer to understand the forecast and the projections and where the institution is going. And then perhaps a conversation with your university controller to go over the financial statements. And hopefully you're, you're already plugged in to that unit because you're assisting with the notes section of the financial statements on an annual basis. And, you know, hopefully risk managers, you know, historically have a lot of relationships across the university. So even if you don't know who those folks are, if you know someone at a lower level in finance, just tell them what you need and ask them who they would recommend that you talk to so that you could get some of this information if you don't have it already. So I think this has been a very helpful discussion. And before we wrap it up, do either of you have any final thoughts to add? I appreciate having the opportunity to connect, and I'm really proud of our financial statements in particular. I would recommend that if someone wants to look for an excellent example of an annual comprehensive financial report, that you visit our financial services website at the University of Arizona. We actually have one certificate of achievement for excellence in financial reporting for nine years straight from the Government Finance Officers Association, and it also has some beautiful pictures of our campus. So if you're in a cold winter climate and you need a dose of some desert sun, you'll get that too, along with information about our financial sustainability. Well, congratulations on your award. That's really impressive. I didn't realize they give out awards for financial statements. So that's great. We can link that at the bottom. We can link that in our show notes for the podcast. We can put the link for your financial statement. Yeah, I'll send that to you, Julie. Okay. And so what is the temperature today in Arizona? It's actually not super warm today. We've had some cooler weather for Arizona. It's maybe 59 or 60. Oh, goodness, Mm because we're 75 right now in North Carolina, and this is unseasonably warm for us. So I think we've we've swapped weather. So you can have it back if you'd like it. I'm not quite ready for spring yet. So, Well, I really want to thank you both for being here today. This has really been helpful. And this wraps another episode of Ermia Matters. You've been listening to Ermia Matters. You can find more information about Ermia at www.urmia.org. For more information about this episode, check out the show notes available to Ermia members in the Ermia Network Library.